Hey there, we're those sci-fi guys, and this is that those sci-fi guys show, just you working dudes with way different lives, different jobs, but a whole lot of love for science fiction and the fun that comes with. We are your hosts. I am P.S. McKay, and yes, that is a different intro. We are going to talk about that, but it is a very special occasion. DT, bring us in. Well, for those of you who, well, you probably won't really know, but tonight is exactly one year from basically our first episode. So, the night uh, we recorded. Right. The night we recorded our first episode. Our publishing so, moment is different. That that yes. took a few months. That took a month, I think, to figure out. <laughs> well, it took us a little time. We had put a punch in the bank. But the very first... The, the date of the uh, completion of our first podcast was exactly one year ago today. And we felt it was important to do it since we could yeah uh, i mean, I mean it, doesn't, it doesn't work out probably yeah i know and i'm only gonna have like four hours of sleep between when this <laughs> when we finish this we go to uh when i have to wake up to go to work tomorrow and the reason why i'm willing to do this rather than pushing it off a few days is because i think it's pretty cool if we could record our one year anniversary on the day Yes, and um, what a long, strange trip it's been. I mean, we did we did kind of a retrospective on the 50th episode, which, I, just to put it in perspective, my previous podcast, Entwined, only got to 36 episodes. Different kind of podcast, but it took us a year to get to 36 episodes, or 34, actually. And then I added a couple after that. But uh, And what are we at right now? This is episode 70. You know what? That's pretty damn good. It's a round number, too. Like, <laughs> it is a round if number. Like ep- if it was like episode 73 or episode 68, it would probably doesn't ring. But 70 in a year is pretty good. Yeah, and I- I'm actually kind of kicking myself. If you think myself. about it, you can easily tell. it's We've done, on average... Over one a week, which is pretty yeah, impressive. Yeah, like 1.5, <laughs> give or take, you know? Um, yeah. But I am kicking myself that for the last episode, I didn't go, this is episode 69. Nice. Well, again, I also was <laughs> kicking myself when I realized <laughs> we did an episode 66. And yeah. we didn't mention Order 66. No, we did not. And I mentioned that in sixty in episode 67. I knew 69 was coming up, but it didn't even cross my mind because I was more mature that day. <laughs> well, you know what you could do since you do the editing? You could just record a, a clip of my best Palpatine saying, Execute episode 66. <laughs> That'd be nice, Hack but it's not authentic. The front of our... Tack it on to the front of our episode 66 before we launch into the music. It's not As, authentic. <laughs> no, but... We know, strive we, for authenticity we, we, here. We do, but we've also tried some some post-editing before. We also. did when we talked about uh, Picard Season 2 after uh, Comic-Con last year or whatever it was. Well, we or it wasn't Comic-Con. 
It was something else. Probably Star Trek Day. It was Star Trek Day. That's what it was. And and they had the, the trailer for Picard Season 2. And, yeah. So I put that our, in in post and everything. We do our best, man. It is what it is. I mean, yeah. we, we've done a lot of great things on this podcast. There are some episodes that I thought, you know what? I was really excited for it. Or I was really excited how it turned out. And, you know, we we've just kind of rolled with it i mean i've been extremely proud of it uh we have had people comment to us about it people we know um, random people random people like people from arizona whom we don't know that is good yeah they reached out (laughs) i i i think it's fascinating you know how many times we've We've got 14 followers on our on our web page. And one of them is me. I don't even Wait, think it's that. No, I don't, <laughs> you know what? I don't think it's us. Now I think about it, I'm looking back. That's not right. That's not uh, us now. I was trying to remember where you could pull up to see what the tracking was. But uh, it is what it is. You know, we we do our best. Um, I'm actually putting out on Twitter right now. Right now, we're recording our one-year anniversary episode, episode 70. Oh, my, yes. <laughs> well, all right, DT, what do you think? I mean, we were talking a little bit uh, uh, off the air, but um, you want you wanted to save it for the pod. We did a little bit of self-critiquing in episode 50, our big celebratory episode there where it just went off the rails. It did. My internet connection went bad. (laughs) Of all the episodes, my internet connection went to shit. But um, what are your thoughts? I mean, my initial reaction was like, you you said we did some self-critiquing, and I'm like, and nothing has changed since. And you're like, I cry cry foul on that because we did, you know, our very, we did a kind of a rough pilot, but then the very first episode was basically a reaction to uh, the disastrous withdrawal of U.S. forces from, uh, from Afghanistan. And that was a pretty, for our second episode, that was a pretty hard topic to discuss. Yes. We talked about my experiences with uh, insurgency and terrorism and some really dark topics. Uh, we've talked horror. We've talked comedy. Hell, we we went off the rails one time and ended up having a complete discussion of just comedians. All with, all, with, <laughs> with very vague and nebulous connections to, to science fiction for most of them. I mean... We, we spoke a lot about Robin Williams, whose big breakthrough role was on a sci-fi comedy, Mork and Mindy, where he played an alien. And we could tie <laughs> a few others in there, but, I mean, it, w- it was not real. And then we did an episode where we talked about our nostalgic uh, items, toys, books. And, by the way, since our house is finally starting to come together and uh, we had some built-in bookcases put in, I have been able to pull out our books where uh, 
I have my uh, edition two or volume two the uh, the of the Star Trek Encyclopedia, which had like the oh last, the color which, version. Yes, which the hardbound has, color version. No, I did not get the hardbound color version. I did get the colored version, which then launched into like seasons I think two, three, and four of Deep Space Nine. Yeah, it um, was still an incomplete encyclopedia. Right, but it was pretty updated for when I got it. The Star Wars Encyclopedia, a couple of those Star Wars source books that I've had. So, you know, a few of my items. For me, it just, it worked well. And I was, it was kind of nice to do that where we, we talked a little bit about our nostalgia and things we had, which were excellent. And then... There was also uh, the episode where we talked about our personal projects, your audio dramas and your, you know, participation, you know, in other audio dramas. Yeah. A little bit about your book and your other podcasts. And we talked about my bizarre obsession with creating a military accurate Star Star Trek fan fiction. It's not a bizarre obsession. I mean, here's the thing. Just to comment on that one part, you and I were both obsessed with making sure that it was military accurate when we were children, when we were in middle school. And it was complete bullshit, too, when I get back (laughs) and look at it now. Total, total bullshit. True. True. I'm just saying, but you know, this was not a new thing. We were, even before you were in the military, you True. were obsessed with the military. But before you were in the military, that was that was your focus. It or still one of your probably focuses. had elements of more realistic stuff that I saw right, that I could understand at least from reading, you know, uh, history books and such. The time, right? I was at right. least attempting to show some effort, uh, whereas at times <laughs> it feels like. Uh, some of our most favorite sci-fi franchises ignore, um, which is fine to a degree, uh, but other times it's it's uh, it's eyeball twitching. Yes, yes, yes. But I, you know, like when I, an under officer, you know, talks smack to a to a superior officer. Or when you use the term under officer instead of things as simple as subordinate. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, but you're right. I, you you understand my point. Obviously, my uh, ignorance played a factor in that. And I tip my hat to your ignorance. There's and a lot of it. That, and at least that you try to own it. Yeah, there's a whole lot of it. So <laughs> I'm a big proponent of owning your baggage. Well, isn't that the thing? Like, I mean, as long as you own your baggage, you're not going to be a bad person. No, unless you at least try not to fix it. Then you're kind of a douche. Well, that's the point. I mean, if, if you own your baggage, you already show that you're in the process of trying to fix it. No, not necessarily. Sometimes you just accept that you're a dirt bag and you're like, well, I'm a dirt bag. You know I'm a dirt bag. We all know I'm a dirt bag. 
Are you going to try to change anything about it? No. I'm comfortable with my dirt bagness. That's really <laughs> your baggage. <laughs> well, that just tells me that I'm, I, I am not that kind of person who owns the baggage because you wouldn't be dealing with me one year later on this podcast if that was the case. No, and uh, I tell you, I do very much look forward to doing these. Okay, it's, <laughs> when when we skip a week, it I don't like it. It's it's fun for me. It's comfortable for me. Um, it's a great outlet. It's a way I can talk about these things that I find fascinating in my life that will bore my family to tears. Oh my god! So yeah. they appreciate it. <laughs> Healthy out uh, outlets for things, um, but. You know, a lot of our family and friends think it's pretty cool that we're still doing this. So, big fan. You're a big fan. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I was thinking about this the other day. Um, It is weird when we skip a week or so because it, it, it has become kind of habit. Like, oh, I can't do this on Tuesday or Thursday because I'm recording. Uh, which is our normal plan. And, you know, obviously we'll work around it if we can. Right. But um, but two things about this. One thing is I never expected the support from my wife that I am getting about this podcast. Like she, I honestly, I, you go, I mean, honestly, just stop, step back and go, hey, hon. I'm going to record a podcast with a friend of mine who I physically haven't seen in 20 years. And it's going to take about, you know, at least an hour out of my time with everyone at the night, maybe two and a half hours, depending on what goes on. And after several episodes of that, she goes, I'm really glad you're doing this. She's she's fully behind it. She's fully behind it. She doesn't like the swearing, though, which is why I'm pairing back on. But I understand that. But. (laughs) Well, it happens. And, uh, you know, even my language is is toned back at times. There are other times where I feel it's necessary. Oh, Uh, yeah. but, But you know what? That's also kind of who I am. I've got that rough kind of vocabulary that I've needed, so to speak, uh, Mm -hmm. for years. So it is what it is. And to be honest with you, there are people who will say that, uh, (laughs) that if you use vulgarity, you're showing a lack of intelligence. Some of the smartest people I know have found have have used vulgarity in such colorful and in in genius ways that I aspire to that level of brilliance. I, I misspoke. I misinterpreted what you said. Intelligent people do use vulgarity, and that that was what I was going to say. It sounds like I'm like changing, doing a 180 degree, but I I literally misinterpreted what you said. But yes, I, I completely agree. So we're very smart. We're very smart. Uh, I don't know if we're going to, if I can sidle up on that one. I'm just saying (laughs) I don't subscribe to the fact that if you use a, you know, you can, 
you can have an expansive vocabulary and still pepper it with some exquisite vulgarity. Uh, That's all I'm saying. Yes. And my wife is happy for me, too. In fact, my wife apparently has contributed like a, 10 to At maybe a one dozen part of our uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah, maybe close to a third. I, I would think one third. <laughs> my kids also thrown out some ideas, too, that we've done. The Baby know. Yoda one, right? Like characters like Baby Yoda? Well, I mean, that is almost completely inspired by my wife and daughter. <laughs> yeah. My daughter who absolutely loves Baby Yoda everything, and my mm-hmm. wife who thinks that Baby Yoda is the coolest thing in the world but couldn't care less about Star Wars. Right. It's fascinating. <laughs> but of course, you know, uh, we've had people we know mention you know, come come up to us and, and, and tell us that uh, they've listened to some of our stuff. Or, and uh, that's nice. And I've appreciated being able to do this. Uh, it's allowed me at times to reflect. And there's times we've come back and amended things. We definitely created part twos when we feel like we've sold somebody short. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we we kind of felt that we were a little too male heavy in our first in our badass episode and you know we uh not intentionally in any stretch of the means Mm-mm. but we made sure to follow up with a much more equal following in our part two through through no outside input from anyone else by the way no it also happened to coincide with a great loss to the sci-fi community where uh it was almost natural that we lean right into part two of our sci-fi badasses by talking about Michelle Nichols and the mm-hmm. character of Yoda Uhura. No, this is true. This is we true. We talked about how this is how the sci-fi has impacted our lives or how we found <clears throat> parallels or and we've talked about how it's been part of our lives. And I don't know. I find this to be therapeutic i find it to be fun <laughs> well th- let's think about let, let let's let's pull back this onion just a little bit you know therapeutic wise exactly i mean what is great art if not a great reflection on something that means something to you in your life right mm, yes and basically I mean, you know, and I'll use Star Trek as the specific example because that's been the dominant, you know, uh, topic on our podcast. It, not inadvertently, it just is. Um, but, you know, it, it literally shaped our psyches. Yes. Growing up. And, you know, art imitating life, influencing life. And what we're doing is we're basically we're talking about something that's completely influenced us. We're not just talking about why this character was written specifically, you know, like Tom Paris was written specifically the way he was. But we're talking about why Tom Paris was relatable to us in a certain extent. And 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 what that importance of Tom Paris was. And by the way, we've never talked about Tom Paris once until this episode. <laughs> Not really, no. No. (laughs) But if anything, we're not just delving into what sci-fi is. 
or or what we enjoy about it. We're diving into what makes us tick, in a sense. Yes, we do. It is. You know, we've talked about the, you know, the the best engineers in sci-fi. We've talked about captains. We've talked about comedy in sci-fi. When we've made sure not to leave out such associated things as um, fantasy and and uh, superheroes because they blend a lot. If you go ahead and you look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe now, it's it's everything. It's it's fantasy, science fiction, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and superheroes. All horror. In one. Horror, <laughs> comedy. By the way, tonight is the, is the airing of the first episode of She-Hulk, and I haven't yet to see it. Because I worked late tonight, I plan to watch it this weekend, and uh, I look forward to it. I haven't seen it either. Um, to be honest, as soon as I got off work, I put my computer away and I turned on my PS5 and I played an hour of the Miles Morales Spider-Man game, which is awesome, by the way. It's just Very awesome. Cool. <laughs> and uh, I don't know when Spider-Verse Two is coming out, but I'm looking forward to that because I was really impressed with the first one. Oh, I think they got pushed back. Like 2023 and 2024. Or even further. Because it's a two-parter. Cool. Yeah, I know. I know. I think they they killed Into the Spider-Verse. I thought it was excellent. Uh, Honestly, yes. It was probably... The best, if not one of the best Spider-Man movies ever. I mean, right up there with Spider-Man 2 and right up there with No Way Home. Which in some ways was an Into the Spider-Verse in the MCU. Yeah, well, that's true. And we talked about that. Oh, it's Across the Spider-Verse. Okay, so Across the Spider-Verse is 2023. Okay, so it's still... All right, that'll work. Um... But we did talk about my disappointment in watching No Way Home because this, the, the, the joy of seeing those three Spider-Men was kind of dampened by already seeing all these different Spider-Men together in Into the Spider-Verse. True. It, it, was, it felt, I knew it felt less original. For me, it didn't dampen it so much because I was surprised just how well the three different actors of Spider-Man work together. They actually had some very good chemistry. Oh, fantastic chemistry, and, yeah. And you could be very worried that these would not gel at all. Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire. I actually was more worried about Andrew Garfield, and that, to me, was easily his best performance as uh, Spider-Man. I would agree with that, except I saw Hacksaw Ridge, and he was fantastic in that. I was just saying his best performance as Spider-Man. I saw I Hacksaw Ridge, too. Didn't love his southern accent, but overall, pretty he good. He portrayed the pathos pretty well. He, he portrayed, the, 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 he portrayed the, the emotion of the character well enough. Yeah. When you need a strict... So. In, at times, dickish authority figure bringing Hugo Weaving. <laughs> uh, oh, 
shoot, Vince Vaughn's not a bad one either. <laughs> but yeah, definitely Hugo Weaving. His head weaving. was too fat for his helmet. I know it was. <laughs> Actually, I didn't even know that was Hugo Weaving until you mentioned it. John Wayne it was a huge dude with a good-sized head, and even his head didn't look that shitty in a fucking helmet. They could yeah. have done something better for Vince Vaughn. They could have, but it they didn't. Very, it looked pretty penile. Uh, well, they probably just ordered the wrong size helmets for everyone and didn't have one that could fit possibly, which sucks. Um, I mean, couldn't they have just CGI'd one? They could have, I'm sure. Or maybe, or have him wear that one and then CGI it to look bigger. That would have worked a little bit better. If they could scale down Chris Evans, they can scale up a fucking helmet. They could scale up a helmet. Yes, they could. Oh, speaking of uh, Chris Evans, I guess She-Hulk has an allusion to Captain America's sex life. We don't know what that is. Interesting. I did see that Chris Evans tweeted out, like, the She-Hulk and a bunch of laughy faces, so I'm assuming that's a good thing. I think so. I hope he's watching on his cell phone and going, you've got to be shitting me. Like in Free Guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but apparently, yeah, apparently he's 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 nailed. He apparently he's nailed a I, 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 lot I, I, of uh, things. Yeah. Don't 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 spoil anything, even if you have not seen it either i haven't seen it either i i i read i read the 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 title and it, it it's one of those titles that that makes you want to read the article and i didn't read the article yes so it could be like you know just a like a, a just a, a clickbait article so it's immaterial to the actual show by the way no but when people spoil shit, like from a movie, they go to see a movie like opening weekend and then they're posting quotes from it like on. Wow. Who would have thought Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's dad? Whoa. <laughs> that was that was a uh, that was a line from a flashback. The Simpsons. Of Simpsons. Yes, it was. <laughs> I got really ticked at. A friend of my wife's who was posting like quotes from Captain Marvel, the same, you know. And I didn't get a chance to go. I'm like, come on. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it. Come on, folks. What you, you gotta wait a week, okay? Give it a solid week before you start quoting things from from movies because you know a lot of people work. Maybe we can't go to the midnight showing on a Thursday night of the latest superhero movie. Or yeah. maybe we have families who deserve our attention. Don't be that guy. Don't be that gal. Don't be that person who puts that shit up on social media, TikToks, you know, <laughs> s- screenshots from the movie. Don't be that person. Well, first of all, don't don't have TikTok. But <laughs> number one, don't don't have a TikTok you can't account. Can't get away from it. 
it shows up on your social media feed, whether you subscribe to the shitty thing or not. I know, I know, I know. But uh, yeah, public service announcement, everyone. Don't don't download the TikTok app and don't use it. Well, it's bad. The biggest public service bad. announcement is don't be a dick when it comes to spoilers. Well, I'm I'm, I'm looking out for their uh, for for their identity security. But yes, part two is yeah. Don't be a dick about spoilers. So, <laughs> when in doubt, well, did I explain be... to you? Did I explain to you my Avengers spoiler on, on this podcast? You explained to me your Doctor Strange spoiler. Yeah, well, that was that could that was unavoidable. But the Avenger, the Avengers uh, uh, Infinity War spoiler with Chris Pratt. Did I tell you about that? Did you look at like his social media feed or something like that? Need a bunch of set pictures. He no. So I, I I was on Instagram of all things following him, and I saw him, and he posted an oh. innocuous picture of uncooked bacon and like three dozen eggs, and under it he literally wrote, as Ron Swanson said, "This is the day that Avengers: Infinity War came out." I didn't have tickets till the next week because I was gonna. I was going to see it that Friday that it came out and I took the day off and then they pushed it. They pushed opening day a week earlier after I already took that day off and bought the ticket. So son of a gun. Um, So I had a whole week to avoid spoilers. And, and, and he goes, as Ron Swanson says, bring me all the eggs and bacon you have. Pretty innocuous, right? Community right. reference. Parks and you don't Rec. know. Do you know community? Parks and Rec. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Parks and Rec. Yeah, you're right. My son's watching community right now. So it's right there. Parks and Rec. Um, innocuous. First comment under, why did you have to effing punch Thanos in the face? Why? Why? <laughs> it was your mistake for following the feed of a key member of that movie the week of the film i learned that then at that point yes and since then i I, i've stopped like doing that in fact when endgame came out the following year i turned off all internet stuff i didn't look at youtube for 48 hours nothing and i went and i bought tickets that Saturday morning at 7 a.m. <laughs> for the 10 a.m. showing. And I sat there for two and a half hours while my family was getting ready that morning. Good times. Yeah. At that same age, my father was playing golf with like Mark Paul Gosler, the head of UPN. Um, but I was, you know, buying Endgame tickets and, you know, that's what I do. <laughs> You. It's hard to judge yourself against a previous generation just based on technology and alone. I know. No, it's true. And, uh, well, anyway, not to get too far into it, but I won't change it. <laughs> so, you know, we, we've talked a lot about what we've liked a lot, and we've been fairly. I think we've been pretty honest on the things we didn't like. Um, And while 
the one year anniversary episode, episode number 70. We try not to be Debbie Downers and ultra negative, and we do try to find the silver linings, the ups and downs that we like about uh, with the things that we discuss. Yep. We've generally talked mostly about things we really like. Yes. But I think we can. Uh, you mentioned earlier wanting to talk about a few things that we didn't like. And rather than make this a big two hour negative episode, we can talk a little bit about some of the things in sci fi, the episodes, movies, shows that we didn't find particularly enjoyable. Correct. One thing I don't like in, in uh, episodes politicians in episodes. No, I'm just kidding. We already talked about that. Uh, <laughs> so here is my thought. Okay. This was actually my idea. A rare, a rare McKay contribution to the content of this show. I'm really more of a, I'm really more of a tech guy. I make the show go. I'm a quick host. You supply most of the content. Well, I'm the color guy. You're the you're the play by play. I am the yeah, as has been described. <laughs> Whoa, Nelly. So, <laughs> um, oh God, was that Vin Scully? That was Vin Scully, right? That, that yeah, but that was... Vin, Vin kind of could do it all on his own. Remember that? Yeah, he could do it. Well, he was. He was the last of a dying breed, man. <laughs> what? He was like 112 years old. Was he like 99 yeah. or something? Yeah, he was like. I, he didn't retire until five years ago, so he like he retired at 87. Think about that. It is quite impressive. So. Anyway, my thought was we discussed our least liked episodes in sci-fi. Now it can range anywhere. We're going to keep movies off the table unless there's something that that really irks you. And I'll I'll no, entertain. I I think that actually could be its own list. It movies, could be our, our least favorite movie TV <laughs> shows. Uh, when it comes to part of the problem with this is like you know. We generally, I don't watch something more than a little bit if I don't like it. That's well, that and that was my barometer for how I was gauging which episodes I chose. Because it, it by the way, this doesn't need to be the worst rated episode by critics, which can overlap. It's just your least like episode. Yeah. Oh, I forgot one. I, I needed to add that one. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> I mean, without, I mean, yeah, there's definitely some least favorite episodes of TV shows uh, that we've watched. So why don't you go ahead and cue it off? Because this was your idea. Okay, I'm going to go with the episode that, that um, inspired me. Star Trek The Next Generation, Remember Me. And I talked about it a little bit, and we don't have well, to dwell too much on concept. it. I can't say it was, you know, it was, it, it felt like it was a bit of an original concept. It was, it was, but here's the issue. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. 
it gave me it, it, I don't like gaslighting. I hate gaslighting. You know what gaslighting is, right? Yes. Um, yeah. That was before electricity. Yeah. So anyway, for our audience, there's a movie called Gaslighting. I am. But I'm explaining. It's mostly men who are listening, so let's be honest. You're mansplaining <laughs> gaslighting. That's... Is, there's it's so being much told to that that this the podcast could explode. I, most people don't know the origin the origin of the term, so it came from a movie called Gaslight, where this woman was maybe it was Gaslight. I don't know, but it was a movie from the 30s or 40s where this woman was slowly being manipulated by her husband. He he kept turning down the gaslights in her, in their house. And she kept saying, are you turning down the gas? Are you turning down the lights? And he said, no, I'm not turning them down. Are you okay? Are you sure you're okay? And he slowly turned her mad by lying to her when it came to her perception of reality. This episode, and there's nothing that drives me more nuts when someone just outright lies to me, bald face, in light of the very evidence I have in front of them. (laughs) <laughs> this episode felt just like that. I remember me as Beverly Crusher being put into a warp bubble. It's a reality that is slowly shrinking, and the 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 all of the crew that she knows are slowly disappearing one by one, and the remainder of the crew are like, we have no record of that person existing. And that just drives me nuts, even at 12 years old. 12 years old. I couldn't stand it. Every time that episode came on, I would stop watching. I watched it once. And I, I, I won't say it was my favorite episode either. I will say the concept was interesting. And I don't know, maybe if maybe it would be do you think it would have been a better episode if it revolved around a different character? No. Uh, because, I mean, it, the overall setting would have remained the same. And yes, it was a dive into Beverly Crusher's fear of losing more family, right? And, you but know, still. <laughs> it, it, they definitely needed to give more love to, like, Beverly and, you know, Deanna on the show. <laughs> it just It just was not... It, it was an episode that drove me nuts, especially when she's on the bridge and she goes to Picard and she goes, well, you mean to tell me we are the only two people on this ship that need to fly it, that are, that are needed to fly it? And he goes, it's always served us before. Ah! No, I can't. I can't. The interior decorator and you were like, there's so much wasted space. Oh, it just it was it was an awful claustrophobic slash like just psychologically damaging episode that I I I, I, I can't. It is right up there with Frame of Mind as an honorable mention where Riker frame is of mind was definitely a mind fuck. It was. And and maybe I don't like the mind fuck movies, but. It it was right up there with that, and it, it, to me, it always felt disturbing. I didn't think it was a bad episode. I I don't watch it much because of it's kind of disturbing. 
Are you talking about Remember Me or Frame of Mind? Frame of Mind. It was disturbing, yes. Which, in some ways, I think is a good thing about it. Because they were able to pull it off. Right. But if you don't have a rewatchability factor... It's just tearing down the, the set. He's like... Crusher's like, you know, you're you're safe now, right? He's like, I won't be able to sleep if I know this thing is still standing up. Yeah, yeah. And and it ends on that, and that is not a happy ending. I mean, no. it, it, in some ways, it's a little bit of self therapy, but it is it's a raw deal. I mean, there's some hard episodes of Star Trek that are hard to rewatch. Like you watch them. Like this was good, or this this brought up interesting points, but I can't watch this all the time. Yes, like there are some movies that are like a remote drop. Like, boom! I want to. Yeah, I'm. Oh wait, Tombstone is on. I'll just sit now. Mm-hmm. Watch it. Doesn't matter where yeah. the movie it is, and it's not. You know, I mean, there's a lot of violence and death and stuff in that movie, but you know, it's like. Texas Hard Rangers time comes to Deep mind. Space Nine. That's a tough watch. Hard yeah. time. Or, and I, I will rewatch the Siege of AR five five eight for Deep Space Nine a couple, you know, every now and then. But it's a tough watch. That is a tough watch. I can rewatch that though because I don't dare I say I don't have the same perspective as you, and I can keep myself out of it. Yeah, and I, and I understand that too. While some of these episodes might be more difficult for other people, you know, I mean, I can't and that's imagine. That's the whole point. That's what we're talking about. Personally, these are our episodes. Well, and, and let me just say, I'm not saying that frame of mind or hard time or bad episodes. And I know we've said that I think this Age of Air 558 is an amazing episode. Mm-hmm. I do agree with you that Remember Me I don't know it just it's not one of the ones I wanted to rewatch. No. It it would be when it came on on syndication I'd just be like, "Nah, I'm going to watch something else." Best of Both Worlds, Yesterday's Enterprise, some of these great <laughs> Measure of a Man. Measure of a Man's a good one. Measure of a Man I did not appreciate as a child. I appreciate it now as an adult. Oh uh, like, yeah. Immensely. Immensely. Yeah. I mean, but, uh, yeah. And I freely admit not rewatching as much of the next gen over the last few years as I've had um, that I have Deep Space Nine or even Enterprise because I, I think I gravitated towards some of the grittier stuff, but still not like, and which is weird because I also find that season one of Discovery just. Not great. <laughs> and, I know, did try rewatching it when it was rebroadcast on CBS. And no, no, man. Like, I will say that d- season two did improve on it immensely. That season one Trek. is nigh unwatchable. And we've talked about how much I enjoy the Mirror Universe and Deep Space Nine Enterprise in the original series, but I just think they did. If they were to do a, a, a series in the Mirror Universe without any outside influence, that might be more entertaining. 
but the whole oh we're gonna disappear into the mirror universe for like six episodes you're like okay you guys are kind of taking a little bit of the luster off the mirror universe yeah and then we're gonna we're gonna reappear in the final episode and patch up the whole klingon war in 50 minutes it was like two episodes or something something like that yeah was yeah and you know one of the things i didn't like was the shock value murder of hugh culber hugh hugh culber who the doctor oh yeah um my god yes no that was unnecessary that was wildly unnecessary I, I don't know if it was wildly unnecessary per se when you're doing the whole Ash Tyler suppressed personality thing. I mean, it, in some ways, it's very similar to what uh, the Psychor did in Babylon 5 where... Okay, yep. Lita Alexander comes back and... With just enough information to say, oh, a member of the staff is a traitor. And then they find out that it's Talia Winter who's got the suppressed. And like, she immediately, the, you know, implanted personality takes over and tries to murder people. And then it has basically killed the previous personality, which was kind of dark when you think about it. Um, Yes. Um, shoot, I was I lost I lost my my train of thought but, on on season one. Oh, Hugh. Okay, here's the thing: you can have a shocking death, but his death was gratuitous with the way they portrayed it, and they haven't done that since season. I don't know. They did it in season three with the death of Gene. Remember. Gene, he was a crewman, and he was just like liquidated, and they were just mopping him up. Tignataro, yeah, season three of Discovery. Tignataro was there, commenting on it, like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Oh yeah, can you just clean that up? Because Gene, he got liquidated, basically. You don't remember that scene? I don't, but it's okay. And they uh. wrung him out in a bucket. So I was gonna say that Discovery tamed itself a little bit in season two but no they didn't because they actually showed an eyeball being like pierced and <laughs> and, and then season three they showed gene being liquidated a, a, an innocent crewman like it just ugh. yeah and and i get it too you know you get and, and unfortunately nowadays if you see a, a, a typical background or supporting character Basically, once you see them get a shitload of screen time in an episode, you're like, oh, this character's going to die. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was worried about George Kirk in, in Strange New Worlds. <laughs> like, shoot. <laughs> but we already knew he was going to die. We I know, know, but when. I was worried that they were going to ignore that canon. Which I'm glad they didn't. No, I am too. They're showing a little bit more reverence to the audience that way, but that that's a different subject for another day. But 
let, let's get back to like least our least favorite episode, classic episodes. Like you know, let, let's keep New Trek out of this. Do you do you have one? Because I, I can keep going. I got a, I got a few more. Episodes I I don't like. Keep going because I, I'm having a hard time pinning down some episodes I just don't like. Gotcha. That weren't amongst the readily accepted not great episodes. Okay. So uh, I'm going to say something that might be controversial, but the pilot for Star Trek Voyager, I found completely boring. It was very boring. Like, I remember when it premiered on January 17th or 16th of 1995, I sat there, and especially when they were in at the barn, at the caretaker's, you know, manifestation of a, a, you know, a southern picnic or whatever, I sat there going, what are they doing? In a lot of ways, it was almost like a rehashing of the the prophets in emissary it was yes you were absolutely correct i just it it was like i felt i've seen this before but it didn't manifest in my mind that way i just sat there going this is this is boring well like, what they did at the be in the first episode of deep space nine and the first episode of voyager was basically they're like Let's start with like an action scene of something that we've seen in the previous series. Like Deep Space Nine starts off with the Battle of Wolf 359. And then Voyager starts with Maquis running from the Cardassians. Yes. Um, One of these things did it much better than the other, though. (laughs) And it was kind of nice to see it, but... The plus side with Deep Space Nine was that we got to see a more expanded version of something that happened off screen in the next gen. Correct. I didn't mind the Maki chase scene in the beginning. It would have been a great scene in an episode of Deep Space Nine where they were focusing on uh, the um, focusing on the Maki. By the way, uh, the the Cardassian gull who was chasing the Maki <laughs> I just watched is, that opening scene is Gullivec, who yeah. actually I believe got his start in Next Gen in I think it was in the uh, whatever Journey's End and then there yes. was but he also appeared in Deep Space Nine so he there's actually a character who appeared in all in three Star Trek shows. That's a good that's a good pick right there, man. Yeah. Just like Quark has appeared in three. Uh, so did Morn. Morn. <laughs> Morn was easy. He was just set dressing. He didn't even well, need the same actor in the costume. They they opened the scene on his face. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, it's not, he it's was, not like Riker who's appeared in, I think, every series. Uh, let's see. Except TNG. Discovery and uh, Strange New Worlds. Wait, how did, how did he appear in Discovery? He's, ha- he's 
the only ones he hasn't appeared in right now are Discovery and Strange New World. Oh, okay. But, but he was in... He wasn't in Deep Space Nine, though. He Thomas was. Riker was. Yeah, but it's still Will Riker. Mm. Will Riker wasn't but the Maquis. It, it, it was still <laughs> Jonathan Frakes. Uh, yes. <laughs> but... I'll 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 agree to disagree here, but you're right. I mean the the actor, yes, the the character, different. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Um, the Voyager pilot just it didn't wow me, and then the second episode. This is an honorable mention. Parallax, where they were just stuck in some kind of like mirror situation where whatever they did came back at them 20 times harder and they I'm they saw themselves. Yeah, it was it was stupid. Like w- any successive episode, I can't speak for D Space Nine, but or or the original series, uh, but any successive episode after the pilot is always worse. I think the naked now was was the second episode in 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 the next generation. Yeah, maybe. Or it was the naked time or the naked now. I, I whatever, but I mean, it was just immediately it fell back on the original series. And the uh, space, I don't know, but yeah, Voyager. It was just like Melix is like I don't recognize that ship, Captain, and. Well, all right, you're useless, so <laughs> let's have you cook. So <laughs> just, ugh. You know, for me, I've found certain things don't appeal to me as much. Like, I, I don't know. I, I lost, I began to lose track on Voyager for a while. You know, it just... It didn't wow me as much. You were in college, too. Yeah, I, You were in I, college I, time. I, um, I did think that... You know, when, when I look back on... It might not even be episodes I didn't like, but there was occasionally... When it comes to the next gen, maybe it's because I, I rewatched the reruns of the first six seasons more frequently. I didn't find season seven at times as appealing. It's not. Like, no, you're right. It is episode, not. Episode what was it? Faces or facets or whatever it was. Were data masks? Masks? Is that what it was? Yeah, masks. It was awful. Yeah, awful. I didn't like that much. Or the, that's what a was good the, pick. Yeah, and it was just, it was him. It was really, it was just a, a an episode designed to let Spiner try different voices. And it was, it was when they was like, oh, well, let's just let Brent Spiner do anything but data. Yeah. That, I was burned. It seems like I, a Kennedy project. It was, it was. And I was burned because I bought Season seven of the next generation on DVD back in 2006 
when it was one hundred and fifty dollars. Okay. For that one season, mind you, not HD. And when you watched it on a widescreen TV, you saw the bleed from the 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 post production blue that they used on the left hand side that they would cut out, they would crop it out for syndication, right? For yeah. broadcast. But they kept it in. A hundred and fifty dollars. And by the way, like there's probably like four episodes that are enjoyable in all of season seven. Name them. Uh okay. So descent, decent. Um come on, man. Where you, I can't Bob believe you just you you just said that. Oh, I did, didn't I? Descent is decent. Descent Part 2, decent. Descent, the two-parter Descent was pretty good. I mean, Beverly Crusher got to, you know, she was in charge of the ship. And, she wasn't and, bad and it either. Was, it was our first example of the entire crew going down on a combat mission. Think about that. Yeah, It wasn't they, combat combat, but it was... They were also garbage at doing it, too. <laughs> Of course they were, but it was our first it was our first example of seeing the Enterprise on a skeleton crew because most of it was down on the surface trying to right. deal with the board, which was an interesting thing. Um, Data's mother. That, that was, episode that was OK. I found that OK. I mean, uh, Fanola Flanagan's a fantastic actress, so it was interesting. Damn, you pulled out her freaking name. Oh, well, she did a lot of westerns that I've watched over the years, so. Yeah, uh, she was fantastic. And she's Irish, so, you know. Yeah. Because, well, that makes everything all that much better, right? I enjoyed Lower Decks. I thought that was actually a very strong episode. Was that, was that seasons? Yeah, it was. Okay. Um, And then this might be a cop-out, but I found Gambit to be fun parts it one fun. Two. yeah you it saw a different fun. part of space that you didn't normally see you saw star, star wars. wars you saw star wars yeah like you you saw uh you know you saw like a place that dealt with money and 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 Riker was just very well adept at dealing with that sort which was interesting um in an underbelly, if you will, and it, that was that was you don't you didn't see that in the next generation prior. It was like the next generation allowing a little bit of Han Solo and Lando Calrissian in there. Yeah, right? yeah, and I, th- was, I thought that was interesting. You saw time, a little bit of that in Redemption, or not Redemption, in Unification as well. Yeah, a little bit of that. Yeah, and uh, Preemptive Strike, I thought was pretty good too. Oh shoot! Which one was that one? Preemptive oh, strike. Rolaren. Oh yeah, no. Oh, that was the pre uh, the penultimate episode. Yeah. Um, I thought that, that was one was good. pretty good. Okay, well, Journey's End was good too. What I like Journey's End. What? Journey's End. Interesting one. Yeah, yeah. The birth of the Maquis. Um. Okay, so yeah, that that and preemptive strike were basically the birth of the Maquis, which was supposed to get to, which was built on in Deep Space Nine, and then you have, you know, which was also all of these were basically designed to fucking fund Voyager. Yeah, and then parallels. 
Oh, Parallels was great. Parallels, Parallels was, was good, yeah. That that broke my brain. Uh, especially seeing uh, Captain Riker with a beard and Worf in the background frantically trying to stop the con- consoles from blowing up. Um, that uh, So there was Pegasus, and then the last one, so that's seven. This is going to be eight. Pegasus. Pe- Pegasus was a good episode. It is actually brought down a notch by the, the shoehorning of these are the voyages into its plot line. I won't, I won't knock down Pegasus for that. I will knock down the, the series finale of enterprise for that. Agreed. But in some ways I do think it tosses a little bit of shade on that episode. I really want to edit those two episodes together. I don't know if there's one on, on YouTube, be but interesting. it would be interesting to see that. It would be interesting. Um, and which is, and it's it's never a good thing. Um, well, it's always a good thing when you can get a, a, a an A plus performance from Terry O'Quinn. Yes, who's, who's just a he's great great. Actor who's so, a, great great character actor. Who's he's so great. Is I but but it also made me go, Picard. Why are you showing your hand with the phase cloak? Don't do that. Just leave. Just well, go again. This some of these guys aren't the best strategic. <laughs> I, I mean, I, even at even at even at thirteen, I'm sitting here going, "What are you doing? No, that is a, 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 a tactical advantage." And even if it brought war with the Romulans, we'd freaking win because we are out of phase with the uh, with their weapons. Like I know, <laughs> you know, it's just. I, I I also found what was the episode where Data is like hallucinating? Oh yeah, when he was dreaming, the, right. the waking dreams. I, that one was weird too. Not dark. Oh, phantasms. It was phantasms. Was that it? Phantasms. When he when his hallucinations basically cause him to find out that there's some sort of weird parasites that are going to cause the ship to explode. It's it's that, and it's it, they're they're draining the crew of certain nutrients and stuff. Yeah, which which is interesting because there's some they have another great character actor uh, as like the the dude is the conductor of, yeah. of the train, David Huddleston, who appeared in things like with John Wayne. He was in Blazing Saddles, The Big Lebowski, and the guy was in was it Rio Rio Lobo with John Wayne. I mean, this is a guy. Are you who sure got it wasn't here. David Crowley? No, David Huddleston. I know because okay. I'm a big fan of his. Now, a guy who's appeared in m- movies with Mel Brooks and John Wayne. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's every now and then. You know, you'll see like, oh yeah, this is. You'll look back on the some of the TV shows from the '90s. You're like, oh yeah, that guy. He was in a shit ton of stuff in the '90s. Uh, but then you're like, oh yeah, you know, hey, is that Brian Keith in an episode of Deep Space Nine? Holy shit! <laughs> and you're like, wow, they pulled off like some pretty like Paul Sorvino. And what was that episode he was in? His Worf's adopted brother. I mean, the late Paul Sorvino, who just passed. 
who was yeah. well known for playing tough guys in mafia movies. He was in the Rocketeer. He was the mob boss in the Rocketeer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. I forgot about that. I may be a crook, but I'm an American crook. When he's mouthing off to Timothy Dalton. Yeah, funny. you're right. I love that movie. I love that movie so much. I bought the soundtrack. I know. You, it it you finally got it finally was made available to be purchased on iTunes after like it hasn't been available for 30 years to be purchased until recently. Yeah. Emergence, that was the episode. The Emergence, yeah, I, I found it. I didn't know if you knew about that, but yeah. So. I mean, when it boils down to it, there were, and I'm sure there was definitely duds throughout the whole series. I just, for some reason, I don't have a strong, like season, season seven three was through just, six were like the strongest yes. seasons of the next generation I feel now season seven is pretty fortunate that it has like three two-parters in it, which strengthen it. Yes. Like it descent was a pretty, you know, it was a good way to, you know, had a good cliffhanger. It technically ended the Borg arc at that point. Technically for the next gen anyway. Yeah. And then you get Gambit, which was, we as we agree, it was fun. You know, and you also get Robin Curtis back. Yep. With pointy ears. <laughs> and then I you forgot, end yeah. with All Good Things, which was excellent. In fact, I watched a, I was watching a YouTube video on like the 20 greatest series finale. Or no, it was the 20 most watched series finale of all time. And really? And uh, All Good Things came in at, like, number 14 with well over 22 or 23 million viewers. Really? Oh, yeah. Did you watch it when it aired live? I don't think so. I think it was, like, a Monday night. It was, it was, it was me. Shh. I gotta look this up now. I honestly was really not. I, I had yet to really I get think. into regular watching of Star Trek by that point. May twenty third. It was May twenty third, which was a nineteen ninety four. Please, thank you. I think um, I rushed home to watch the season. It was Monday. The series yeah. finale of Deep Space Nine. I think I rushed home. <laughs> I remember that. I, I remember that. I, I taped actually. I didn't watch the Deep Space Nine finale live. I, I taped it because life was, there life was so crazy at that scene. point. There's a great scene in the full two-hour version that is not in the two parters. In the two parts, the scene right before they storm the Dominion headquarters, where they're all kind of like. With the gallows humor, like cracking up outside the gates of Dominion headquarters. Uh huh. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, with, with with Kira and Demar and Garrett. Yeah, Demar. Yeah, they're all sitting there. It's quiet, and they're like, "What are we doing?" Like, <laughs> it's just. Yeah. It's a. It was a good scene that that has a tendency to get cut when they do the two parts. Um, I hate that. I know. That added so much value to 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 their dynamic, you know. Remember, one of the most beloved 
interactions between Quark and Garrick was like supposed to be filler and it ended up becoming extremely popular. The whole root beer <laughs> analogy. Yep. Well, and also like in Deep Space Nine for the emissary, uh, I mean, the the part that's cut out is O'Brien walking through the, the Enterprise for the last time when it comes to syndication. I think they've started to put that back in. Because well, I mean, they might uh, it, they, with streaming, but yeah, but I don't know. No, I mean, like in syndication, because like BBC America will run episodes to the next gen. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe they've just added it back because, you know, may, it, did they cut out the scene where Picard beams him down or did they just cut out the part where he goes up to the bridge? They cut out the whole thing. Yeah, I've actually seen Emissary split to two parts on BBC America, and that scene is in there. Okay. It's good, because you know what? O'Brien deserved it, because he was in episode one. He was from the very beginning of the rebirth of Star Trek. And actually, I would love to see him again. I know. Hint, hint. My hope is that the whole point of Picard season three is to rescue Miles O'Brien from Sila. <laughs> All I want. <laughs> wow. Wow. Is that a moment to go out on? Like, honestly. Like, <laughs> Considering we said we were going to talk about the things we didn't like and we did only like well, we can make it a part two, five you episodes know. Of, of next gen without really talking about other ones, or in one episode of Voyager. Okay, we, actually, we covered it more than a few because now we talked about how we just basically did not really like much of season one of Discovery. That being said, yeah, man, wouldn't that be a great? Uh, wouldn't that be an interesting uh, plot for season three of Picard? I just don't. Th- I just hope that they don't mess it up. <laughs> I just hope. By George's eyes, don't screw this up. (laughs) And on that note, everyone, thank you so much for following us for these last 12 months. It has literally been 12 months. I cannot believe it. So much, so many things have happened since then and now. And um, honestly, we do appreciate the, the listens. Please follow us. Reach out to us at those sci-fi guys on Twitter. Those sci-fi guys at gmail.com. We'd love it when you say hi. DT, take us out. Hey, and don't forget to check us out at those sci-fi www.thosefis.com. You can download us off of iTunes. Like, share, subscribe. Let us know what you think. Please. We're we'll continue to do this just for us. Because we enjoy it. <laughs> but it does make us feel good when we hear back from you guys. Let us know what you think. Suggestions. You know, that's one of the things we haven't really got much outside of immediate family is suggestions from you all. Things you want to hear. Things you want us to expand upon. You know, things you like. Things you don't like. Just just give us feedback. You know, if, if that means we, we uh, can, can reach more of you. That would be awesome. So, my friend, what do you say? 
Well, on that note, everyone, you guys keep dreaming. We'll keep working. So long, everyone. And yes, we will keep working. Here's <laughs> here's hoping for another year and another 70 episodes. We'll see you on the high ground. Keeps going. Oh, in classic me, in classic my fashion. Do it again. We'll cut it out in post. Because we're not that authentic. Oh, my God. I love this podcast so much. <laughs> Guys, really, I, I hope we do... 70, 70 more episodes in a year. I hope I hope we're knocking out 70 episodes a year for the next five, ten years. I could do this all day. And from me and the bad Mark Hamill Joker wannabe, see you on the high ground. So long, everyone. Those Sci-Fi Guys is an independent broadcast by Alpha Site Productions, produced by DT Cavman and P.S. McKay. Music courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. For more information on upcoming episodes, follow P.S. McKay on Twitter at P.S. McKay, or go to thosescifiguys.com for past episode information.